Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and this week, Shruti and I talk about shadow work. This is a practice that she has used in her coaching, and we discuss different ways of going into the past to better understand what we've dealt with. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and I'm back again with Shruti, and today we're talking about shadow work. And we all have demons and shadows and skeletons in our closet and different things from our our past that sometimes are hard to face. And we just like when the sun comes out and clears out the shadows, we can get those those painful things of the past uh, to kind of not disappear, but be able to be controlled a little better. And Shruti, this is a, a technique that you've worked with, and let's give an explanation on exactly what it is. So, so I think shadow work is about, you know, suppressed emotions, or like you said, demons that we have faced throughout our life that we haven't really acknowledged. So they've carried on over uh, into our adult life and also into our relationships. So for example, if you keep attracting inconsistent people in your life, when you want a solid relationship, you have to kind of check in with why that's happening instead of being like, oh, this always happens to me. I always attract this. There's a pattern there. And if you want to break it, you have to recognize something in yourself. So are you inconsistent? Are you one of those people that always needs to be in control and you just suppress that idea or that thought because it's ego-based? Right. It sounds like it's kind of like you want to not just mask and take a, a physical injury. You don't want to just mask the injury and, and get the pain to go away, but want to know why is this pain and go deeper to make sure it doesn't reoccur. And that's exactly. Not, but exactly. this is more, more on the emotional side. Yeah. And I think that most of the time, actually all the time, I think love is the most powerful force and it's the most authentic, pure force in the universe. So anything that's coming out of fear is mostly ego-based. So it's like the need for control, the need for whatever it is that, oh, I'm I'm better than that person or judging someone. When you judge someone with something you don't like about them, it's something you haven't healed in yourself. So if I'm like, oh, Jay is so, oh, he's always so controlling or whatever, which is like so not true, but it's because, I'm probably not recognizing that I can be controlling too, but I just want to put it on you. But I've hired you from my unconscious mind to make me recognize that in myself. Now it's my choice if I want to recognize that myself or if I just want to play victim, which a lot of people do. And I've been on that side before too. And it's easy to get into that pattern of playing the victim because then you don't have to take ownership. But when you do, when you recognize it, it can be kind of intense and you're like, oh my gosh, this is what's been holding me back this whole time. Okay, why do I need to be in control or why do I need to act this way? Whereas when you're detached, you're in such a flow and detached in a healthy way. I mean, like, not like cold, but you're just like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to recognize this. Is this a trigger in me? Okay, yeah, it is. Okay, so that person is just teaching me because I just posted something on Instagram a couple of days ago. It's like, 
when someone comes into your life that triggers you, thank the universe for sending them your way because you just got a guide for your own healing. Now, have you ever done shadow work yourself? I've never really heard the term. Um, I mean, there sounds like there's some aspects to it that I, I might've done before, um, but overall, I never really worked on it. And like I said, you, you mentioned the communication and, and like, if you, if you feel you're being controlled by someone, but you realize you kind of have that personality. I mean, within relationships, I mean, I can see some of that with just within my family, where when we look at our kids, I see aspects of me in them and I see aspects of my wife in them. And, and usually your environment dictates to some extent how you grow up in, in your, your personality traits, um, whether it be your environment within your house, your cultural environment, and your work environment. Um, you mentioned also just like the communication aspect I and mean, being, being defensive can, can definitely come off as that controlling ego, why the, the difference between replying to a question or statement or reacting to a question or statement. Right. And so this is something I've also realized when it comes to communication is how someone else communicates isn't my responsibility because they're communicating from how they know. So if I'm frustrated by that and I'm trying to be transparent, respectful, compassionate, and that other person responds with being defensive or rude, now I can do two things. I can react to that and be impulsive and then say something back on their level or take a moment back and step back into reflection and be like, okay, is this mine or is this theirs? Now, when I recognize, okay, this isn't personal to me. This is how they know how to communicate, quote unquote, from what they've learned or from their childhood. Now I can choose to detach because I'm like, okay, well, they're just going by what they know. Now, how can I communicate is going to be authentic to me standing in my own power. And there's this one woman, I think I've talked about her in other podcasts. Uh, she used to be a secret service agent. She said, when you're, she gave this example, which I really, really love. She used an interrogator and people would be like, well, didn't you want to like hit that person in the face when you found out that they were like hurting children? And she's like, well, you know, like where would that get me to my long-term goal? She's like, that would get me arrested. That person would get away. Now, if I took the step back, even though if I wanted to punch them in the face, now I can recognize how do I get to my long-term goal is getting the information that I want from them. They get arrested and someone bigger will probably punch them in jail anyway. So I win. So it's focusing on, is this getting me closer to my long-term goal, especially in communication? Step back. She always says, I take take 24 hours to respond at least 24 hours. If I feel um, like somebody's provoked me, if, if I feel provoked. So I'm going to step away from my phone. I'm going to go to a jujitsu class. I'm going to go for a run. And that gives me time. Now, if I come back in 24 hours and I still feel the same way, okay, I'm going to take a little more time. So it's about just looking at your yourself. It's, if you can master yourself, you can master others. But if you can't master yourself, how do you expect to master the outside world? Right. I mean, we, we deal with that here with, I mean, I've brought up the ADHD. Now, everyone in this house 
probably has it. And I say probably because I'm the only one that's officially not diagnosed with it, but I say it all the time. I've undiagnosed or like someone said, it's self-diagnosed ADHD and having conversations with my wife. She's like, well, you say you have it. How come it's no big deal for you? And it's just, I've learned how to channel that energy. I mean, that energy that I have, I mean, I, I have ants in my pants. I don't sit still. And I went to the eye doctors today and, and I had a soccer jersey on and we started talking soccer and stuff. And, and, and then I mentioned something else. I mean, with the eyesight, I mentioned the archery. It's like, geez, is there anything you don't do? It's like, I, so I take that ADHD energy and I'll play music and then I'll go into the gym and then I'll go and shoot my bow and then I'll go ride my bike and then I'll go. So I, I have ways of, of channeling it. So when I'm supposed to be calm and quiet, all that stirred up energy isn't bouncing off the walls or, or the lack of focus isn't I mean, being a difficult thing for me to maintain. And yeah, there, there's different ways. I mean, I have another guy that I shoot with that mentions, I mean, just the way I shoot, he, he is very complimentary on the way I shoot and not just the physical aspect, but just the fact that I don't get rattled. I, the mindset. And I said, well, I've been coaching for, yeah, but it's not that easy. And he's a competitive person. He's been in competitive sports. So it's not like he's never competed before, but being able to control that energy and know how to, to balance it is definitely a big thing. Uh, but until, until you can really understand how to control it, you really can't worry about the other people, lack of control on what they're doing. Totally 100% agree with you. And with the ADHD, you said you channel it to other things. That's also recognizing it in yourself. You're like, okay, I have this. Now, how can I channel this energy so that it serves me? So, you know, you're actually taking leadership for yourself when you do that. Whereas some people will be like, well, I have ADHD. I can't do this. And that's just making a statement. Whereas you can open your mind when you ask yourself a question. And I definitely feel like in our generation today with technology and stuff, it's easy to get distracted, but we're also making that choice. So actually somebody taught me something the other day, which I love. She said, you know, when you have anxiety or you feel, you know, like all over the place, she said, hold your breath in for 20 seconds and release. And I did that. I was like, wow, that is a very powerful thing. It actually works. If you do it a few times, you actually will come back to a calm place where you can feel grounded again. And uh, I also wanted to say another thing about communication is recognize when you're coming from a place of your ego or when you're coming from a place from your authentic higher self. So if I'm, let's say if I'm pissed off at you, like I was waiting for your call, right? Like Jay said, he was going to call me but he still hasn't called. I could either freak out on you and be like, Jay, you're such a flake. You always do this, blah, 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 blah. Or I can channel that energy into more loving energy and rephrase it and be like, hey, Jay, um, it sounded like something was urgent. I was waiting for your call. Are you okay? Now, which one sounds better to you? Which one are you going to respond to in a more authentic way is by how I frame the question, right? Right. Whereas if I get defensive, you're going to get defensive back. Now, if I come from a loving place, you still might be like closed off a bit, but I'm taking my ownership and my power by being detached, but also kind at the same time. Like I'm not bothered by what you did, but I'm, and I'm not gonna let you know that I am. I might be, but my whole point is, okay, I want to get the information of why he hasn't called, but I'm also coming from a loving place. 
Now that's the, taking accountability. You kind of mentioned the, the ego thing and, and in my old job, I, my boss kind of had, I mean, he, he definitely had an ego. I'm not going to even say kind of he, he, it was his sandbox. It was his shop. It was his company. It was, it was his, everything's got to go his way. Even if other people yeah. there could have made it better. He didn't like the idea of someone having a better idea as much as he said it, it just, his actions didn't speak that way. And I remember one time he had a new policy that if we made a bad job and it got rejected, you had to go in and talk to him personally, like skip the whole chain of command. You go right to the owner of the company and tell him why you messed up the job. Well, I was the first. And of course, like most policies there I was the only one because policies changed more than we changed their underwear in that place. And I go in there and it's like, so what happened? I said, Hey, well, this was going on, but I, I missed it. It's my mistake. I, 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 Oh, you could tell me the machine was no, Eric, I, I missed it. I should have caught it. I should have caught it. It's just, it's, it's my fault. I mean, are you did cause everyone was always like yelling at him and defensive with him. I think I kind of got under his skin a little more because not once in nearly 25 years did I ever raise my voice to him. Not once in 25 years did I ever speak down to him in a derogatory way, which was his personality. He liked to get loud. He liked to, right. to get big. He liked to be aggressive. And most people would give it right back to him. And not once did I ever do that. I mean, part of that could have been I mean, my father being a high ranking military officer where I, from a young age, I was always taught the whole yes, sir, no, sir, be respectful. So that's how I treat people, regardless of how they treat me. But sometimes it really felt like it bothered him more that I showed him respect. He liked the fight. And the fact that I wouldn't fight back, I think really yeah. irked him. Because you didn't stoop down to that level. Yeah. So therefore you have mastered yourself. Whereas the, like you said, the other people were responding and reacting with what he was bringing. And that doesn't help a situation either. And that's another thing that she said, uh, the secret service agent, she said, you know, if someone's escalating and escalating. She's like, if you escalate with them, she's like, what, what is going to be the result of that? Whereas if you're the person who can stay composed and calm, like you did, you're not, you're centered in yourself because you're not letting the outside. It's just, she's like, that's just low vibration, low vibrational energy. She's like, why am I going to engage in that? So just think anytime somebody's acting that way, low vibration, low vibration. Whereas you were responding from a high vibration and that's the place that we aim to be. And that's, again, that's not with, it has to do with control or I'm better than this person or whatever the ego tells you, because that's just fear. It really is because anytime you're in your higher self, you're coming from a place of love and compassion. And I think we, I know I aim to be that way. And I want to be that way, regardless of what the other person is doing, because now I look at it, I'm like, okay, what are they teaching me? What do I need to learn from this? I look at it as a, as a lesson now, whereas I used to get defensive and be like, oh, well, they don't like me, or I'm not good enough, or I was being a low vibration because I was taking it in and taking it personally. Whereas now I'm like, okay, this isn't me. This is just teaching me something. And it could be a reflection of me that I don't recognize. You know, I had a dream a couple, I think it was like two weeks ago. And this is where the shadow work came into play for me was I had this dream. It was more like a nightmare. And I literally had no control. I was like 
my hands were like kind of glued together. I couldn't respond. And then when I woke up, I felt like, like my heart was beating really fast. And I was like, what was that? And at first I felt really bad. And then this moment of clarity came, I think like 24 hours later, I was like, oh my God, this is my need for control. This is my own shadow. This is what my subconscious is showing me. So once I recognized that, I don't know what happened, but like my mood, my bad mood or whatever it was, I was completely calm. It was like, I just had a breakthrough and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so like at peace now that I recognize that. Whereas I think that was something I'd probably suppress because at times I'm like, I need to be in control. I need to be in control. And I didn't like when other people would try to control me. So that was a huge lesson for me. And now I'm like, okay, I've recognized that. And if that comes up again, okay, how do I go back to being that detached and in the flow and not feeding into it, into that, that need for control? It's an illusion. You, you kind of mentioned, I mean, I, I have some, some notes up here and they use the Star Wars reference of the dark side. We all have that dark past or, or moments in our, our lives uh, and then there's a section here where it mentions like a fully lived life and, and it mentions the good parts versus the bad parts. And I had sent you something recently that someone asked me, what's the meaning of life? I mean, just went to this, yeah. that big, great, big question. Uh, and I had sent you a, a long type out thing. I actually made a video and I'll actually put it on our, uh, on our Facebook page so people can see the, the video of it, uh, of just me I mean, basically saying what, what I said in, in writing and, and this was an on the fly thing. It wasn't like she sent me the question and I sat there and took notes and thought about it. It's just, I, I got the mess, the, the question at like 1030 at night, I went to bed, woke up to, to use the bathroom in the middle of the night. And I said, you know, let me type something out. And it was just on the fly. It wasn't, it just came out as is. And when you mentioned like, in this case, the, the good times and the bad times, there's one part where I referenced my family and how they went through life different with my father being very regimented in how he worked and how he set up his future and how he set up his retirement, everything where my uncle was more fly by night, but he probably had the most enjoyable life throughout the years, but now he's not set up on the back end. So if we know the back end, would we change the way we did the leading up to it based on, Ooh, I know how this is going to end. Let me make a little adjustment here. I mean, how, how does that, that, the good times, the bad times, how do they balance things out? Uh, one thing I, I mentioned in it was my son, Brian was born by sched, scheduled C-section the day after my grandmother's service after her funeral. And so did, did his birth, was it that much more exciting because it came after I mean, a dark time of my grandmother passing away and this, yeah. did we handle death better because we already had good scheduled 24 hours later. It's like, instead of mourning for the week, it's like, okay, we're going to mourn on Wednesday and then we're going to celebrate on Thursday. We already knew there was a celebration coming on Thursday. So did we get over the mourning aspect faster? I mean, so balancing that and going in like going back into those shadows when you look into those shadows and even though things might have gotten better from something that happened 10 or 15 years ago is it easier to go back and say all right you know what this was a bad time but i know how things turned out now things are going well so i can handle that or i mean if we take an injury oh geez that injury is bad because i still can't use my arm to 100 and 
and something like that where, oh, my arm fully healed. So I don't need to worry about that injury as much. I'm going on a simple thing. Obviously when it's more psychological and emotional, it's tougher, but, and how, how does that work out where you're comparing, where you already know how you're doing now in relation to what happened years ago, when you go back to now try to finally digest it and understand it, does it make it different when you know how things turned out? Yes, I think it does, because I think with darkness, like you said, grieving, and then that, you know, and then rebirth, where there's somebody born, there's darkness, and there's light. So you have to go through the dark in order to get through the light, this duality. I mean, look, there's nighttime, then the sun comes up, and there's daytime, there's light. So you have to go, I I forgot the quote, it's by Carl Jung, it's like, in order to get to the, the tree to go you have to go down to this root in order for it to come up so it's kind of like we live in our own psychological hell if you will but we can choose to get to that nirvana or that heaven or whatever you want to call it but until you acknowledge all those bad times or the dark times and really let yourself go through it which will be uncomfortable it's not going to be a comfortable journey because at first it's going to be really uncomfortable. It's almost like a detox. So it's like a juice cleanse, right? Like, let's say you feel really, really sick, or you're like, oh, I just need a cleansing for my stomach or whatever. You drink juice. You have to first like clear out the toxins and then your body will adjust to like, you'll feel energized again. Or when you grow up, I hate to use that example, but it's like the only, the best one that I can use is, you know, when you feel sick and you're like, I really don't want to throw up because it's such an uncomfortable feeling and it feels gross and icky. But then when you do think about how much better you feel after you throw up and you feel like 20 times better. You're like, whoa, like, it's just like, you took like a whole 180. It's the same thing with the shadow work. That's the best example I can give is it's like you have to go through that purging and recognizing it. And that means crying. That means hitting the wall, whatever it is, wanting to pull your hair out. But once you recognize and are aware of it and are like, okay, this is what's been holding me back. I promise you that feeling of calmness and clarity will come. And it's the best feeling on the planet. It's like you feel like you're floating high, like you're on cloud nine. And that's where we want to get to, right? Because why carry on this like heaviness in our heart through our lives when life is can be lived so beautifully and you do have to go through dark times and your shadows and as you recognize them more and more you will become more of an awakened person if you choose to that's a choice we can choose to stay complacent okay well i'm just gonna do things because this is the way I am, blah, 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 blah. Or, okay, how can I strive to be even a higher version of myself and choose that path? So it really comes down to you. You mentioned recognizing, and that's one of the things we've mentioned on the podcast many times that asking for help is a strength. And in the first step is recognizing yourself that I need help, that I can't do this alone, that there's, there's gotta be someone that can help me or something that can help me or a program like shadow work that can help me. And and that's a big thing. And uh, I Google click 
the, the quote is no tree, it is said, can grow to heavens unless its roots reach down to hell. So that's the quote. So that's I mean, and, and, and that, I mean, obviously a little bit different, but that kind of goes back to the, the podcast we just did about and having your, your base and your basics and, and your, your foundation, or in this case, your roots strong. And we yeah. just had, we just had a major storm come through the, the Northeast and with, with floods and winds and rains. And, and the, the trees that stood the tallest are the ones that have the roots in the ground as sturdy as can be. And I mean, sometimes you have to be able to, to reach down low and to, to be able to grow. To be able to pull yourself up. And you mentioned something you said, it's, you know, to ask for help. And yes, you can do that. And the best way to do this, in my opinion, is also to look at the closest people in your life. Look at your closest friends. They are a reflection of where you currently are at in your life. So look at them. Look at things that maybe like annoy you or you're just like, oh, I don't like that. Like, I love this person, but this trait drives me crazy about them. Now, if you recognize those traits in the people, you'll probably notice a common pattern of certain traits in the people closest to you. are like, well, that person's kind of controlling. This person's kind of controlling. Now, if you recognize that, now come make it come back to you. Okay, well, why are these people, what are these people trying to teach me? Because if you want help, look at everyone as your teacher and look at yourself as a student you're also a teacher for other people too but if you look at yourself as a student here i am in earth school i'm a student okay what am i supposed to learn right now this moment in my life about what i want to clear so i can get to the next level of my life and attract new things or be on a higher vibrational state you have to look ask for help by looking and recognizing with the people around you because they're going to teach you something they're going to teach you about your shadows so like if you look at the closest three friends, four friends in your life, and you ask yourself what annoys you about them most, that is your shadow. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that. Um, and we, we, you mentioned the whole teaching and, and learning and, and at all times, even being a coach, we still need to be a student. We still need to. And that was one of the quotes I put up yeah. at the gym recently is, I mean, everyone including coaches can use a coach. And we, we talked about that. And on, on one of the episodes of the podcast, we mentioned how one person can know 97 out of a hundred things and someone else in the room can only know three out of a hundred things, but there's a chance two of those three are two of the three you don't know. And if you're always willing to learn, or in this case, get help from anyone who can help you. I mean, it, it's a big thing. I mean, I just had uh, the trainer that I'm working with now he's we have different styles of training and and coaching and he's going through a rough time and I was using my style on him and and he put something up on Facebook thanking me and and noted that we have different styles but they're both just as effective I mean it doesn't always have to be one way I mean you take that aggressive ego way of, of of running a company or running a team or that drill sergeant style way of, of coaching a, a class or something where it's like, come on, keep going one more rep. You got 10 seconds, keep going. Yeah. As opposed to, all right, you got that. And oh, I just don't feel good today. Well, just keep in mind, you had 12 people that want to be here today that didn't even get out of bed. So give yourself credit for doing what you did, even though you wanted to do 10 reps, you only got eight. 
that's eight more than the guy that's still in bed. So give yourself credit. Yeah. Tomorrow we'll go for nine. And so there's different ways where both can be effective. And in some cases, I mean, I've used my kids as an example. One, one needs the, the hard push where the other one needs more like, I don't want to say the coddling, but the, the more of the comforting, like, that's okay. We'll, we'll get them next time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, and like taking that step and then running the ninth lap. You did eight laps today. The tomorrow going to run nine. We've been doing eight for a week now or two weeks now. Okay. Now we're going to level up to nine. And t- like you said, the other coach, even though you have different styles, they're just as effective and you're going to be a coach for someone. And then the person you coach can also be a coach for someone. It's like a domino effect or like a ripple effect. So we think in that frame of mind, I think that we can progress and even look at kids, your kids are going to teach you something about yourself that you might not have recognized. They're like your greatest teachers. And they're also students too, because they're looking at you to guide them. And when they're kids, they're, so when they're little, you know, they're kind of helpless because they're only relying on their parents or their providers to guide them. But when they're older, when we become adults, now it's like, okay, well, those patterns came to me in my environment when I was a kid and I can choose to continue on with these parents, but now you're grown up enough to be like, well, this is a pattern I want to break because I don't want to, I want to break this pattern. So I bring a new type of clarity for when I have kids or when I get married or into my relationships. So just recognizing that, I mean, my dad said to me, I think it was like two months, two months ago, he was like, you know, I'll never stop being a student. He's like, I'll never like leave this earth knowing everything. He's like, I'll always, there'll always be something to learn. If you feel like you figure everything out, you know, then you're wrong. <laughs> Cause none right. of us have ever figured, that's why we carry on these things to continue to learn. Well, that was the coach that I coached with and who was my coach when I was in high school he would always say the day I stop learning is the day I stop coaching. And the day he stops learning something yeah. new about the particular sport we were coaching, we did soccer and baseball together is the day he would stop coaching. And you mentioned the, I mean, just how we can learn from anyone. And, and you take that, uh, the, the hierarchy, the guy that's on top always thinks he knows more yeah. and, can, and can't learn something from the guy in the bottom. I don't remember the actual conversation, but I remember, years ago, having a conversation with my mother, who was highly educated, she was an APRN, and she she was an, an educated person, I remember saying something to her, I don't remember exactly what we were talking about. But she responded after I said this was like, when did you get so wise? And my response to her was, well, when did you start to listen to me? And it kind of caught her off guard where sometimes our ego, whether we're the coach, whether we're the boss, whether we're the owner, we never actually listen to the people, quote unquote, below us. And then once we open up our eyes and our ears and our heart to the people below us and realize that they can actually teach us something and, and make us better, that's, yeah. when, that's when we get better. Yeah, 100%. I think you just have to really look at every single person as your mirror, whether they're younger than you, whether they're older than you, whether they're your colleague, your best friend. If you just look at everyone as a mirror, when you look into a real mirror, you're looking back at yourself. So you just have to see yourself in every single person because that's an aspect of you. And, you know, I was talking to you about my friend before, before we got on, 
about how she's, you know, been dating. She really wants to get married. She wants to have kids. And she's like, every time I date a guy, you know, like they open up and then they disappear as soon as they open up. And I'm like, okay. And she can choose to listen to me or not. Cause I'm like, I've been there before. So like, I'm telling you this, I'm like, if you recognize the pattern and you recognize what you need to learn from this and release whatever trigger that's holding you back, you will stop attracting those people and then start attracting the people on the vibration you want to be in. So if I want to attract love, but I'm not giving love or I'm like, I just want someone who's going to love me and adore me, but I don't come from that vibration. How do I expect to attract that person into my life? You have to become the vibration of what you want first. That's like the first and foremost thing. If you want something in someone else, you have to become that in order to attract it. Otherwise, you're going to constantly attract things in your life. You're like, oh, this is happening to me again. If it's happening to you again and again and again with multiple people in your life, there's something clearly that you're not learning. And it's going to stop as soon as you learn it and recognize it in yourself like oh okay that's why I keep attracting inconsistent people because I'm also inconsistent so how can I be more consistent that's like when when you You keep have when you keep having the same argument or the same conversation and you don't make those adjustments and you wonder hey how come this keeps happening why do we keep having this argument why do we get well you have to make an adjustment if you want things to change exactly it starts with you and I'm looking some some of the notes. It says why master uh, your shadow self and some of the benefits and improve relationship through understanding yourself and accepting others, increased energy and improved immune system, overall enhanced state of well being and mood, better communication with others, ability to set boundaries in your life, and a lot of these things are I mean different topics that we've actually covered on the podcast. I mean, we did one on boundaries uh, and knowing your value and how you allow people to talk to you and, and making sure yeah. that you, you, you set boundaries. You don't take abuse, whether that be obviously, obviously physically, you'd never do, but even, even that emotional the psychological abuse, when someone puts you down or something, um, just but that's, and- that's them. You have to remember that that's them. That's also an aspect of you. So it's like, okay, I can engage in this or I can detach from it and be an observer. Right. But but that's, that's kind of like when you have that, that abusive boss, like you mentioned, you had the woman that you worked for. I mean, I had the guy that I worked for where they they speak to you abusively and you go, uh, okay, boss. And you go back to work. And then next week they do the same thing and they verbally abuse you. And you're like, uh, okay, boss. And eventually you, I mean, it took me 25 years to finally do it. And eventually you said, I had enough time for me to go. I, my value is more than you're giving me. Um, yeah. and like I said, I mean, communication is a big one. I mean, we mentioned communication in all aspects and, and I don't know if this ties into the, the, the whole, they mentioned the love languages and how you need to speak their love language, because that's the one they understand. It's not necessarily the one that they give out, but that's the one they understand. So communication is, is learning other people's styles and, and the way, the way you need to speak to them. And it, it's yeah. communication is definitely huge. Studying people, communication and comprehension, because you can communicate all day long to me and I'm going to comprehend it based on my own internal dialogue. So you could be like, Hey, how are you? And I could be like, Oh, he's being cold. Whereas you're just like, but I'm interpreting, interpreting it 
in that way, even though that may not be the way that you're coming at me. You could just be like in the greatest mood, like, hey, how are you in a text? And I'm like, oh, he's being cold. Like, what's his problem? Is it that he's being cold or is it that I'm interpreting it as that because that's how I'm feeling about myself? Like, oh, no one would talk to me in a nice way. You know, yeah. I, I actually was the other day, I almost fell back into this pattern and I'm so glad because I have this mentor and she's like, well, if you respond in this way, she's like, well, do you think that's going to change the other person? Like, why are you going back to that level? Whereas you're just being impatient or something. I was like, oh, she's right. That's, that's my own trigger that I was just, you know, I was coming from my ego. I'm like, this person's this, 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 and this. And I was just like fueling where I was, I was about to send a text. And she's like, don't do that. She's like, you're going to feel differently, like in a day or two, and then you're going to regret it. And she was right. So like, I was like, okay, I didn't fall back into this pattern because she helped me recognize what I didn't want to recognize. Cause it's easy to be like, oh, that person's wrong or that person's an idiot or they're just a jerk. Whereas I'm like, ooh, okay, this is coming up again as a lesson to see if I mastered it. And now I have, because I've realized the triggers in me once it was released, again, that feeling of calmness and clarity came to me. So when you're in that calm, clear space, you'll be vibrating, you'll be flowing and you won't, you will master in other ways where if somebody else tries to come and trigger you again, you won't be triggered by it because you've already mastered that lesson. You're like, okay, this isn't me. This is them. This is just coming up. This is coming up as a test for me again. And when you can be like, I've passed the test, I'm not going to respond in this way. You're going to feel so good. And people are going to be like, why are you so calm and not bothered at any time? It's like, because I've already mastered this. I'm done. Next lesson. What's the next lesson going to be? Well, so you mentioned like the people around you and in your environment and, and how, how you react to them and how much your environment, I had said how it contributes to who you are and the way, the way you act. Do you find that we will handle different people different? And, and we went with the communication. So if someone says they're going to contact you and they don't, or you reach out and it's, in 12 hours, 24, 36 hours before you hear from them. With one person, do you like follow up after four hours and say, hey, what's going on? Where are you? Why didn't you respond? And then other people who they might've got defensive, if you did a follow-up, you kind of like, you know what? I'm not going to follow up. Now it's been four or five days. And when then they finally write back to you, you're like, well, I messaged you the other day. I know you're busy. I didn't want to bother you. And you just wait because sometimes some people some people get defensive if they don't hear from you. Other people get defensive if you follow up and, and you know, oh, geez, you're blowing up my phone. It's which way do we, do we go? Do we find that we kind of let our personalities get dictated a little by the way other people's react to it? Oh, totally. 100%. So this is where I was saying before, you have to be like an observer, try to take yourself out of the, out of that situation, step back from it. Look at it as if you're like observing, like you're studying people, right? So when I take myself out of the situation, okay, Jay didn't text me back. Okay, I can either choose to be pissed or like maybe he just has his own stuff going on because I know when I have my own stuff going on, I distance myself and it has nothing to do with the person personally. It's just how I process things. Because I had this situation with a friend. She is my best friend and she was going through stuff. And I was, you know, like, do you want to hang out? Do you want to have a movie night? She lives five minutes from me. She's like, oh, like I'm kind of going through stuff right now. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm like, I'm here for you. If you want to talk, 
I'm going to give you your space. And when you're ready, just let me know. I'd love to see you. I'm sending you so much love. And then I waited for her. And then as soon as I, you know, I'd be thinking about her, like I'd send her like, you know, like messages on Instagram, we'd message back and forth. But then the other day she's like, Hey, like, she's like, I'd love to see you. Like, do you want to hang out? And I wasn't even thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to see you. Cause I detached myself from that situation by having compassion and realizing that it wasn't about me. It was just her going through her own stuff. So most of the time when we get, get like that, it's, it's really not about us. It's just about their own things. If someone's distancing themselves, it's hard not to take it personally, but when you don't take it personally, you can be like, okay, I understand. And I have compassion and I'm detached and they'll come around when they're ready. And then when you aren't thinking constantly about it, that's when that person's going to come around is as soon as you're detached. I promise you any situation in your life, whether it's work, as soon as you're like putting too much of your attention on that, waiting for that email, waiting for that phone call, you're not going to get it in that moment. And then you're going to be going, going and doing something else. You're going to be having fun. And then you're like, oh my, oh my God, they, they called me. Like what? Like I wasn't even thinking about it. Now, if we can master that, that whatever attitude and not like in a cold way, I'm not saying it, it's just like in a way I'm like, I feel good. I just feel good. And I'm here and I'm present and calm and clear. That's when you're, you're, things are going to be like pouring down in your life. It's that, man, whatever. So to, to start wrapping things up, what would you say would be like the three key things for people to, to look into themselves, to be able to get into this type of, of program? And then what, what would like one or two simple things someone could do on their own without getting like a shadow coach or getting into a, a class sure. or a curriculum. So something that they could do just like a self-study would be one or two recommendations for like a self-study type thing. And then like I said, two or three and big key points to look at. Yeah. So I would definitely say, again, it would be look at the people closest to you in your life. What triggers you about them? Like what annoys you about them? What's the quality that you judge most in other people now recognize that because that is what is unhealed in you and journal about it. Really, it's just like writing about it. Why am I so bothered by this emotion? Okay, how am I emulating this emotion? How am I bringing this into my relationships, into my life? So when you get clear on that, I would say like journaling is the most powerful way. But if something, if you want to talk to yourself, you can do that. It's like whatever works for you, but just again, being an observer. What about you? What are your tips? Well, I, I definitely like that. I mean, looking into yourself and, and observing what's around you. Uh, I, I like the idea that you mentioned how, and if you find even your closest friends, they all have that one and part of them that I don't want to call it annoying because it just makes it sound that bad, but that one thing that yeah. kind of irks you. I mean, I can use my wife as an example. She's always running late. If I tell her we need to leave between two and three, she's ready at 258. It's like, why do you always aim for the back end of the target? I mean, when I tell you between two and three, why not be ready at 158? So that, so there would be one thing. And I, I definitely can't say that, like you said, usually that's the thing in you. I, I don't tend to run late. It's, it's an aggravating thing, but it's, but is it that but, control aspect? It, it might be, I mean, it's something where now I got to look deeper. Um, and, right. and there's different things. I mean, there's some things where maybe it's not time critical, but I still want to be time critical. There are, right. are other right. things that are time sensitive. And you but that's a that. sense of control too, right? For like us, because I understand, I'm like that too. I'm like, I got to be 10 minutes or I got to be this. 
but it's the sense of control. It's like, okay, this is where it is at. This is bothering me because I feel like, and that, like you said, you have to go deeper, but if, if you recognize the root of it, that's really where it's coming from. And the, the other thing I would say would be communication skills. And when you mentioned, we've mentioned how we can learn from everyone. And, and over the past couple of years, I have my coaches that have helped me with communication skills where, and sometimes where you want to say, Hey, you need to fix X, Y, Z. I've learned to say, Hey, what can we do to make adjustments to X, Y, Z, where it's a different way of phrasing. It's not attacking. It's, Hey, you know what? We're a team. What can we do to fix it? Even though sometimes you might still know it's you that needs to make the adjustment, but what can we do or what can I do to help you with this? Um, I mean, so that's a big thing, just the communication thing. And some people will always be defensive, even when they're not getting attacked. But if you make it sound like less than an attack and that can help, and, and then it helps you on, on the other side as well. Absolutely. I love that. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this show and we'll see you next week. Shift Mindset Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.